Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back once again, under the gun. Uh, tonight, people, it is 10.20 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, so, one, once again, uh, cut, cutting it close here, but we're going to push it to the limit. Maybe? The limit! Take, take it to the limit one more time. Yeah. Hopefully just one more time doing this, this close to re- the release. Uh, and you can probably already hear special guest, uh, the one, the only, my cat, Fife Dog, is in my face, messing with the mic stand. So just ignore all of that. Uh, apologies in advance. We got to get through episode three of True Detective, The Big Never. Yes. Okay. Overall to- thoughts at the uh, at the top, brother. Um, what would you think of episode three? Totally love that we at least know that Stephen Dorff makes it to 1990. Well, we had already heard that in dialogue, and as yeah. much as, oh, he did well for himself, et cetera, et cetera. So not like a huge surprise, but uh, yeah. He, but I, is he going to make I, it out of 90? That's a question. For sure. Okay. Uh, just from the top, because I know we're going to ramble through this, I'm just going to lay out the episode. This is basically the HBO description. Hayes recalls his early romance with Amelia, as well as cracks in their relationship that surfaced after they married. Ten years after the Purcell crimes, new evidence emerges, giving Hayes a second chance to vindicate himself and the investigation. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, overall, like, big, out of the gate, big things I liked about this episode, expanding the 90s. Yes. And the fact that we are, we still have a, a deposition scene this time. It's with Mr. Roland West. and Perfect. I like that. A little, again, parallels to, like, how Marty is integrated mm-hmm. in season one as well. But again, I love that, like, similar but very different. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, Fife, stop. Stop it, dude. You're ruining everything. Okay? Anyways. I loved capturing the period of the 90s in very, like, just super well done ways. 90s Walmart? Yes. Really popular. I love the, so it shouldn't be uh, this big. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> Just uh, wait, dude. Hay- wait till Super Walmart gets here. Hayes's wardrobe, yes, in particular, I was like, "This is a hundred percent exactly what he would dad. be wearing." Yes, yes. this is nineties dad. dad. Yeah. Like he's in his like mid forties now, I yeah. think, timeline wise. And uh, yeah, really, really dug all of that. Also in the nineties, what'd you think of uh, Scoot? Sober Scoot. Oh yeah, sober. Clean I found and Jesus. Sober Scoot. Yeah. Yeah. Born dude. again Scoot. Because they, they mentioned in episode two with what happened with Julie Purcell and her father. And I'm like... After she came back. After she came. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what are we getting here? Mm-hmm. And then that fucking premonition? Or like, you know... Yeah. I mean, we can jump right to that. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Things got uh, very eerie. Yeah. Very creepy here right at the end of the episode. This stuff was in a lot of the promotional materials in the early trailers. Uh but we didn't have a ton of context for it, and it's like now, just given the three episodes we've seen and the like, the way we've seen Amelia portrayed so far, 
this is like almost completely out of left field. It's like, yeah. wh- how do we get to this point where she is essentially like, she's a haunting figure in his life as much as like, he seems like he's enjoyed re-exploring their relationship and like going back through those memories. But now we're starting to see some dark side there. Yeah. Especially so, the scene after Walmart where he's kind of yeah, pissed so ni- and 90s timeline. Uh, basically, he knows from the deposition and talking to the dude afterwards that they found the fingerprints at Walgreens. Uh, he and Amelia go to Walgreens and they start talking about how they're going to get the info. She decides she's going to go, uh, you know, cozy up to the cops, basically, who are working the case and see what she can find out, what information she can get. So while she's busy doing that, he's got to play mom for the yeah. evening, which includes going to Walmart. Um, that may probably the highlight sequence for me of the episode. My, uh, mine was the ending, but yeah, that's the a good one. Ending very strong as well. But uh, yeah, dude, like terrifying. And I'm not a father. I don't have small children. But that, like the way it depicted that anxiety and of course wrapped up in the case that he has, you know, worked in the 80s and mm-hmm. it's all reinvigorated. That's what I wanted to like, see. And I'm glad they showed it was, I mean, and I think that's the perfect setting because I've heard stories of when like we went to the BX one time and you were a baby, but I ran off. Mm-hmm. And I remember dad being like, I knew where he was the whole time. I watched him, but I remember turning around and being like, oh shit, I ran off. And like, I don't know where my mom and dad are. are. Yeah. And my dad, like our, our dad, like he knew where I was. Yeah, and he, he had his eyes on you the whole time. You, and you we were going were to get, we were going to get family portraits taken at the BX. Uh-huh. So, which is the air force equivalent of the Walmart mall, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, but so, so having that and like having him having to experience these things, knowing, cause you know, he says, used to think it, you, it was before Vietnam and after Vietnam. Now it's before the Purcell case and after the Purcell case. Absolutely. So knowing all that he's been wrapped up in with that case in, in 1980, and then now being a father himself, you know, did his reaction to it. And you see like the start of whatever rift is going to happen between him and Rebecca, his daughter, like clearly it starts right there. You know, with her running off of Walmart and then coming home and him drinking and, you know, being pissed that she's been out at dinner and she's a little little tipsy and he's, you know, I, I'm, I've said my piece on it. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, in our first episode, like, how much bad dad sort of stuff we were going to get. Yeah. And, like, what was going to be the darkness in their marriage. And I think it's interesting that, like, the point of contention is the case yeah exactly and he's like this is you know this is a part of my life now and i'm extremely emotionally invested in it and for you i just feel like you're like you know it's just exciting you because it's like oh what could i add to the book now and like the thrill of detective work not the the drudgery of it and the dark side Mm -hmm. and the, the demons that you carry with you she seems like she can kind of float above it which is interesting because she was part of that community yeah. at the time. so And very integral in the original investigation from what we've seen. It seems like there's a little, some parallels here, and I, I don't know how much we may get into this or not, but that scene with her and then the way that he is treating the current in the, excuse, in the 2015 timeline, the interviewer, the true crime documentarian, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if there's some residual, like, 
shades of Amelia there. Yeah. And, like, the ambition, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what he's kind of navigating. Also, people have been kind of pointing this out. Henry, his son, in the 2015 timeline, there's a brief moment where he seems like he and, is it Eliza, I guess, is the interviewer? Mm-hmm. Um, they have some sort of familiarity yeah. beyond just this. And it's like... Wayne obviously doesn't know what that is, and it's mm-hmm. not even that he picks up on it, but we're meant to get something yeah. out of that, I really think. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting shade thrown in there. Uh, but let's get back to Sober Scoot for a second. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Roland West, who presumably is not married, doesn't have any kids in this 90s timeline. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's not relevant. But they apparently, at some point, bonded like hardcore over this. I'm willing you know, in the intervening years, and I that's going to be what that bond is going to come from the rift with Wayne because he mentions when he talks to him, he's like, Yeah, you know, Wayne was right, you know, the kids weren't telling, weren't doing what they said they right. were doing. Y'all fucked a good cop on that, and I bet you he wasn't even mad when you talked to him about it now, was he? You know, mm-hmm. and they admit, like, Yeah, it was kind of our boss's job that back then he kind of fucked up. We're okay at going against him now, like as the judge, we're okay with like opening this up again and kind of basically going against what he kind of established and did with this original case. Right. And, you know, I just, I feel like whatever relationship between, you know, sober per Mr. Purcell, Tom, sober Tom and nineties, um, what is his name in the, what I keep, sorry. Uh, Dorf? Dorf. What's his name? Roland West. West. I'm going to just call him West. Between Tom and West, like, Which, I feel... Sorry, we haven't talked about it at all, but you get the Stephen King. Yes, Roland West, the, yeah. yeah. Well, Western, the Dark Tower. The Gunslinger. Dark gunslinger. Yeah, 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 I got it. Um, but whatever, but I feel like whatever that bond that they have is over whatever rift, because apparently they say, like, whatever happens, what we're going to find out, obviously Wayne's going to get fucked over with this original investigation. Right. To where he, because he even says, I tried to get him over here twice to come work with me. And the higher ups wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. And yeah. the third time they told me just to quit asking. Which, so. we're, this is the first episode where I feel like we start to see the sprawl. This is where you start to get shades of season two a little bit, where yes. it's like, how far are we going to go off in some of these other directions? This is also of note because within the first two episodes, just from, you know, the rules of television, what they're presenting to us. There are moments that are could be his memory or his imagined memory of events, like when you see the kids riding through the neighborhood. He wasn't there for that. Yeah. But we take it as like it's him his retelling of this story. But this episode, like we start following people beyond just Wayne's perspective. Yeah. Stuff that he couldn't have known at the time necessarily. So it's kind of removed itself from all being Focused on him. Centrally focused on him. It broadens out just a little bit so far. Mm-hmm. Um, my real question is like, are, do you want more of that? Given that like season one, the like shady cold aspects are very much in the background and the conspiracy aspect with uh, good old Ranch Wilder, uh, you know, never really got fully developed and was kind of the point that, you know, there was no satisfying conclusion. Yeah, that. we didn't get all of them, but we got ours. Exactly. Yeah. 
So in this episode, we have Hoyt Farms introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a little bit of like outside internet research and some other people brought it up. I can't like take credit for this. But apparently Tyson, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it, Tyson Chicken, yeah. you know, um, is heavily based or maybe originated in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're like you could look at this as like a shadow version of that because tyson had over the years has had several different scandals and like hormone etc all sorts of crazy shit so that's an interesting play we do have the like the guy who's still off screen as of this moment the like dude who put out the ten thousand dollar reward that nobody which is screwing up their investigation because now they're getting flooded with all sorts of random phone calls. How about we're closed? You th- How about you call back tomorrow and ask for agents? Blank, blank. Like that was that, that was, was great. great. But what did you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean that snake farm in where was it? Yeah, somewhere uh, in Florida. Yeah, snake farm in I forget where exactly. Something. So yeah, somewhere in Florida. I unfortunately did not get to rewatch this episode yeah. in its entirety uh, before this one. Just the just the one and a half viewings. Uh, but yeah. I don't know about you. I was like, what if that means something, man? Yeah. What if you guys are not paying attention? Like, maybe it's some log lady shit. Yeah. Maybe she has vision. She saw it in a dream. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows, man? Yeah. I mean, I... I, I just I, love that that's thrown in there. If we get to episode five and she's... That's where they find her is in a snake farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, or surrounded by snakes on a farm, metaphorically speaking. I, I don't know, but... Or like on a farm, like a bunny ranch, and the snakes are the men... Who are like the greasy like clients that are coming to this bunny ranch that she's being held at? Possibly. I don't know. That's really metaphoric. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked. I did like the, the throw off because you can tell there. That's what I like too. That that small montage of them working like the grind of it because right. you had some of that in season one, but only in the back half do you get both of them as old men. What do you have? Oh, I got subscriptions to this and this database and that database. Okay, well, let's work it. And they put all the shit up. Mm-hmm. They essentially move Russ's well, thing to uh, an office. So in the 80s timeline, they've kind of hit a wall. And as much as, like, where do we go from here? We haven't had any progress. And Wayne's, like, adamant, like, I think she's still out there. We got to just, like, basically start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah we got to go back miss and miss something. something. And sure enough... He finds some small scraps of paper that obviously are going to be of note, and eventually finds the D and D dice. Yes, uh, in the woods. the murder site. Yep, and a bag which has some of those paper dolls in there. Mm-hmm. Just ignore Five Man; it's all good. Okay, Five Dog's just going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> you know, we got to get through this episode. Sorry, people, I have a cat. I have a cat. Okay, um, totally lost my train of thought though. D and D, he also finds pictures at the house when they go back and ask about stuff. He finds With the same his exact first communion, first communion photo. yeah, same post. So somebody that visited that house, cousin, red herring possibly, or somebody involved in the church, somebody who was there on the day of his first communion, possibly. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm almost going to throw out a theory here. They're playing in the woods, and he he just she pushed him, accident. She didn't mean to. Which, if that's the case, like, she didn't mean to hurt him. They were playing around out by themselves, and she pushed him the wrong way and back of the skull, whatever, however, however it does. And so she decides, oh, my God, and she drags him wherever and and sets him up wherever. Because she's the older one, right? The boy is younger. 
She's younger. Oh, okay, she's younger. That's the other thing is that's kind of odd to me is the conceit that like we know they've been lying. We find out which you kind of assumed from the first two episodes yeah. where the kid is like, I told him they could come over to the house and see the dog, but I never said anything about taking it to the park. He doesn't say that, but we're like, well, he said they were going to see the dog at the park yeah. or out with the kids. So we know that's bullshit. So they start kind of pushing that angle. And the thing for me is like, is little sister tagging along to go play D and D or are they both just going off and doing their own thing? That's what we don't like. We assume they're together or yeah. involved in this, but we really don't know because they haven't found evidence of Julie's trail away from any of this specifically yeah. or identifiers that specifically say she was there other than the dolls, which we still don't know. Maybe, what going on with the dolls. maybe it is like total West Memphis satanic panic. And like they used her to lure him and he was the target. Cause he says, you know, Maybe he wasn't the target. Maybe the girl was the target, and like something happened to him, so they just left him there. Mm-hmm. But the whole angle I was going down, maybe it was an accident, and she tried to cover it up because that would be a reverse John Benet Ramsey. Because a lot of people think that like Bert Ramsey or Brett Ram, whatever his name is, that he just, you know, he did it, and the family did it to cover up. And of course, he's the Said older the brother about the staircase. Too. Yeah, yeah. So no, uh, that's what, I, that's what I want to do. At the end of this, when it's all said and done, we know what it is. I want to go back just one episode, just 30 minutes. I will do it. I will I will give it. I will present it to you. But I will present every true crime case that I feel like this um, season is pulling little bits and pieces of. No, I think, like, right here, we'll go ahead and set it on the record, whether whether we do it, like, immediately after the finale. But, no, I want to do, like, a season wrap-up episode. Yeah. And that would be a perfect time to kind of go into Yeah, especially when you can wrap that into it, and then you can do, um, what else was I thinking of? Oh, like, just watching the first, because I watched the first episodes again with friends, because they hadn't seen it, in the opening where he's riding along with his sister, and his backpack says Will on it, you know? And I'm instantly thinking, like, okay, is this because of Stranger Things? Is this a ripoff of Stranger Like, it just... A kid named Will on a bike that's going to go missing. I just that in just, the eighties playing D and D. Yeah, I just how much is is Nick being like? Well, I'm just going to steal a little bit of Stranger Things. They're, we're not going to get one this season. Like maybe he thought it was coming out in 2018, so he was like, "Well, well, well I'll just do this. Nobody will know." But just little, little shades of Stranger Things. That's you know. Yeah. I would love it though if the bad guy, the big bad at the end of it all, is either. Hopper. Yeah. Or is Matthew Modine? Where were you going? I was going to go Jim Hopper. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Because I still contend that at the end of Stranger Things, they're going to recruit him to be part of the CIA, and he's going to have a mission to go down to the uh, South American jungle. And Jim Hopper will, you know, have to be rescued by ragtag team. Okay, of, I, I know yeah. you want it to be July and it to be back. We'll talk about it when we get there. Man. It's coming back in July? Yes, July Sweet. 4th. Literally all drops on July 4th. Oh, okay, cool. I thought you would be up on this. It's like you're... No. I'm, listen, I told this to somebody the other day. I do not purposefully seek out things to know because you want to be surprised i do i like it's a i mean it's the easiest thing in the world to give yourself that surprise just don't look at the internet it's not hard i don't go i mean if stuff scrolled through like that and like came up on my instagram yeah sure it comes up all day on my facebook but i don't look at my facebook okay any other big big notes for this episode in particular final plot threads we kind of didn't touch on yet final scene was perfect coming, coming back to that Time is a flat circle. It okay? is. 
It's basically Time is Flat Circle Monologue 2. Uh, she starts talking about infinite universes and like all sorts of different stuff. Uh, very, you, very, very cryptic. Did you think you but could I just like, do all this and not have to... Yeah, and, and what you left in the woods and like all of this stuff. Excuse, okay, excuse me. The one big thread that I feel like we did not cover yet, before we get back to this end scene, we're, we're totally fucking up. This is what we do here. Um, Mr. Woodard, the trash man. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, that totally sets up what's going to happen next episode, which is the scene I've been talking about that I see in the trailers where someone gets shot. Now, he mentions it. He says something about, like, oh, yeah, in all these years, I didn't go and manage to get myself shot. Talking to Roland, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking no, Roland. we know Roland takes a bullet. He's going to take a bullet in this, this what happens with Trashman Joe or whatever the hell his name is. I'm, I'm thinking, possible trajectory, he turns into Hero Cop out of this. They use this as a method to be like, obviously, it's this guy. Like, he, he felt the heat closing in, and he did this. And they'll just pin it on him. Yeah. And, They'll gloss and over the that. whole white justice but thing. But the only thing that doesn't hold, and why I don't think it's water, is they keep, you know, they reference that the family are the ones pushing for this retrial. And I just, I don't think, given the setup we've been given for that character, that, like, his wife and these kids that we've only heard about would all of a sudden, like, kind of show up for him and have the means to do so. Yeah. Which, again, leads me to believe that that's not who's going to go down for it. Mm-mm. So I'm I'm really curious. But yeah, dude, when they, like, I thought that scene was going to end much worse than it actually did. Me too. But then him, we see very late in the episode, just like amped up and tearing I'm into like, his house dude, and so grabbing a bag. Man. I'm like, come on, Nick. You can't rip off Hold the Dark. You can't have another native, like, with a machine gun about to mow down cops. You can't. Hope you can't pick hey, off. He had Saul. He had Sonya for the first two episodes, and you know, maybe so. Okay, so if that's a Sonya idea, if we come and find out later it. that was his idea, hey man, I used it and hold the dark. It'll work here. Just do it. It's fine. Like perfectly fine with me. If I'm just saying, if they, if we end up in a you know an episode four shootout, which we think we're going to, we we assume as much. There's going to be a big action beat. Yeah, that's got to be or it. Or they're going to subvert us, and it's it's not going to happen. But we have the expectation given the first two seasons. There's there's precedent. But what I would love if, if this season, because we're playing with memory, is we get it from like four people's perspective. Mm-hmm. And we're left to figure out what happened for real. We were never actually told the definitive, this is how it went down. We get Roland's okay. thing of like, I was hit and I went down. And we get Wayne's of, I'm going to be a super cop. And we get like, maybe... Uh, if Mr. Maybe this is the event that turns old. What's his face? Uh, Tom Purcell. This is what like maybe starts him down that path to find a Jesus because he sees all this carnage in front of him for for no reason because his kids are gone. It informs his buddies in the town people to go after this guy who's completely innocent who decides he's going to get his own revenge and he sees all of it and that just starts his path down his redemption to the Jesus arc and so. You have the re- recollection of like f- our four main characters or three main characters, them recalling what happens, but we never know exactly what version of the it's event possible. we get. Next episode is called "The Hour and the Day." Dude, that so you would could be... be playing around with like a single 
moment yeah, like, or afternoon basically that we see from a bunch of different perspectives yeah I'm super interested um we're basically headed down this road anyway so i'll just kind of transition into it and we can go back to the end of the episode or anything else you want to hit but but i think it's interesting given that sonia of course only did the first two like we talked about seems like they parted on good terms from what we understand from the press it's not like a fukunaga thing yeah uh and now you have daniel sackheim come in who's like worked on pretty much every big prestige cable drama you can think of from the last like 10 years just it's his medium but i think you can immediately feel that like there's just there's a little like there's a little style missing yeah okay not a huge complaint so he comes in for episode three which i love this episode but i definitely feel like it's one of those that you'll look back as like it's a bridge episode Mm -hmm. we we need it as set up it you know there's not a ton of fireworks in it there's great shit it's championship sunday that's all sure Okay. I'm just no. If, I'm just. I have a theory. Hear me out. Any major show, I feel like they allot episodes for this part of the year. You notice The Walking Dead doesn't come back until like February now, or whatever. But it's because they know early on you're not going to have great viewership. But also there are other things to compete against, a la Championship Sunday. When this aired at nine, it starts at nine, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. The Patriots game was still going on, okay. so. You gonna try and compete with that? No. So you you put a great episode out that hits all the points it needs to for the true fans that are gonna be there. To... I, I was more talking about just from a writing and structural well, perspective yeah, overall. But that too. But anyways. Okay, so Sackheim comes in for this one. Four and five are being directed by a first-time director. Hmm. Mr. Nick Pizzolato. Oh. Yes. So I think it's very key. The way they have split up the season between these three directors because Sackheim comes in for six seven and eight okay mm-hmm. so he does this bridge episode into what whatever nick's gonna do the other big thing with this next episode and why i mean we have all these expectations be- simply because it's an episode four this is when everything usually changes in the season mm-hmm. you know big left turn and he also has david milch one of the greatest writers ever period of deadwood fame Mm-hmm. on this episode only time there's ever been another credited writer on true Detective. oh yeah that's right so big for a lot of reasons but i am super interested to see what he's gonna do you know is he gonna try and have a bravura sequence where it's like this is my you know this is my show i i'm writing it and i'm finally directing and giving my like stamp on it in a slightly different way i'm interested to see how ambitious he is yeah. With these next two episodes. What he tries to pack in. And if it. he almost tries to surpass what's been set up, visually speaking, in the first three episodes at this point. Because, mm-hmm. um, and saying the style was lacking, was a, I don't know, I'm a little wobbly on it because, like, the sequence of the night when they're uh, outside the Walgreens, like, I love the lighting in that. Oh, the yeah. The two shot of them in the car. It reminded me of Moonlight. Yeah, there's some great stuff, man. Um, yeah. So I think he's definitely, they managed to take what Jeremy set up in the first two, visually speaking, and carry it through thus far. So I am could not be more excited for next week. And I think we've kind of nailed where we think it's going to pop off. The, the thing is, I really hope it subverts our expectations in some sort of way. Yeah. But I really, I think obviously you and I both went to the same headspace. That bag, they maybe want a very casual viewer to be like, Oh, that's the body of the the girl. 
But of course, it makes no sense because we know that she's alive in the present timeline. Mm-hmm. So it's an M60. That's what so it is. It's Let's guns. Just... Yeah. It's yeah. A, or a giant bag of guns. A lot of guns. Yeah. Uh, Did he two handed or he just stole over his shoulder? He two handed walked. I thought in. he was. Cr- yeah. yeah. So that's an M- that's an M60. Much, yeah. It's it's an M60 with a mount. It's going to wind up either on his trash mobile or he's just going to set it up somewhere. And he's just going to hold it Rambo style with like the ammo on the side and just start mowing down. People. I mean, I was kind of secretly hoping for like very like guerrilla warfare, just like him at night sneaking up on these dudes and mm-hmm. like slitting throats could be really satisfying. Yeah. I mean, I get that all these local men are family men, but like they just they went and beat the shit out of this dude for no reason. Like the cops questioned him. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know. They've let him pass. At he said. This point. He said it in the first episode, like uh, a panic took over. You know, it's like the whole town was feeling it. Yeah. You know, and and that's, they've and, also referenced the body count surrounding this case. So clearly, a lot of people are about to die. Yeah. Very soon, and it's we, as far as we can tell, it's going to be centered around Woodard. What did he leave in the woods? Is it a piece of information he forgot? Is it something he actively hid? Is it a body? Is it an object? What do you think? I think... I think it's... What he left in the woods. I... So, I think it's a piece of himself. Because... No, because Almost. look at the other scenes when he's in the woods alone, especially when he finds the body. You can see in his face and his demeanor how things are changing. And, you know, he's supposed to be used to this because he's a LARP. He's been doing this. Exactly. And, I mean, and he's visibly shaken by this a mm-hmm. little bit. I think if we haven't seen the scene yet, we're going to see a scene of him back out there trying to go through it again. And something's going to happen with him. Where he just loop, maybe it's the first bout of his memory loss, and it happens in the woods while he's looking, and what he finds, like you said, is the clue to everything. You know, it's a piece of paper, it's a name, it's a person, it's the guy doing all this, and he couldn't find him in the woods. He couldn't track him. He loses that little piece of himself that makes him so confident about what when he's talking about himself in the '80s, he's completely confident about everything, but when he's talking about himself in the '90s, he's hesitant. And I feel mm. like you're gonna, you're gonna get more lies in the '90s. He, telling about the '90s, he will maybe hold more back than the '80s, because he has a lot to lose talking about the more recent events that his wife has written about with everything and how his how his narrative and his wife's narrative is now tied is now tied to it. He has a lot to lose by making that look bad, but when he's by himself starting his case, he has everything to gain to make himself look amazing. You know. But I think he loses a piece, quote unquote, of himself, maybe with his first bout with his memory problem or he finds the guy in the woods mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they know who did it. And the reason why they're never going to find out is because he knows he killed him and he left the body in the woods and Roland knows what it is. And that's why, like, yeah, they're itching to know what happened to Julie, because maybe Julie saw what they did to this dude and she bailed because she couldn't trust the cops anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, know. Yeah, maybe maybe there's also the idea that they they think that they have the guy. They kill him, a la Reggie Ledoux. Yeah. You know, come to find out, you know, years later, 
it that was not the guy. There is more to it, et cetera, et cetera. But in the timeline, because of how they handled things, they had to cover it up again, a la Reggie do and fixing the scene and all of that. Mm-hmm. But for the town, they needed somebody to go to, down for it. to go down for it. Yeah, even if he didn't publicly go down for it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, we could almost write this shit. Maybe. Yeah. Probably not. I think, how many episodes are there? Eight? There's eight. All right, so let's make an attempt Well, next this is, time. This is what I was saying just a little bit earlier. I didn't quite finish the thought, is four and five being directed by Pizzolatto specifically, you know, four is the everything changes sort of episode, and you're always that much more excited to get into five mm-hmm. right after the events of that. Now, five and season one, huge deal, because that's when we see, like... That's when they actually get to the farm, right? That's when the regular do stuff goes down. Yeah, because four, the four end of is four just is just them getting ginger. The to last get shot to of there. four is Ledoux with the gas mask in front of the field. No, that last shot of three is, and then you go through the entirety of you, episode that's right. four you're thinking, thinking you're yeah, getting to it. That's right. Yes, because you open with Ginger and him in the bar tailing exactly his cook. So Ferrand, back to their place. I think they're gonna obviously. It's the midsection of the season. They're going to be thematically tied to each other in yeah. some way. So hopefully, and I, I hope, I hope he gets more fucky with the memory stuff. Yeah. Basically, it's been fairly straightforward. The transitions between the timelines this episode weren't quite as like, ooh, that was cool, but they they're serviceable. Yeah, Whatever. They I never I never lost where I was, no. and I don't think that's the point. At this, I, I don't. They're not really messing with us that much. Yeah. And I, I really don't think we're headed for some sort of, like, bait-and-switch twist ending sort of thing. No, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be satisfying. So here's but, your homework for next week, Gumshoes. Watch episode four and write down your theories of what the show's going to go for the last four episodes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that, I, no, I asked, that was our pitch. Uh, that was my pitch to you. Let's watch episode four and, like, night of, as soon as we get done with it, write out what what lines you see are open still, unless some are closed or if there's, do you think there's still threads, you write what you think will happen in the back half. You can be general about it. Or if you have like a specific thing, you're like, it's going to be fucking this and this and that. Write it down. And then when we talk about four, we'll do that as our last thing where we think we're going for the back half. And then final wrap up along with the cases and stuff, we can talk about like, we've, we got this shit wrong or ah, I was almost there. I think that would be a neat thing to track since we're going to be coming to this for the next, you know, five weeks, essentially. Yeah. So that was just that was and, my pitch. And, I think we could do beyond, that. Of course. Oh yeah, of course. Uh we're gonna right. be back for season four and season five. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking it all the way to the top. Right. The show goes off. I I can't say at this point I hope we get to season four because I don't know that Pizzolato said this directly, but Steven Dorf referenced in an interview that Nick said he has this crazy idea for a season where he brings all of the detectives together exactly what we've talked about where you could potentially have hayes presumably old man hayes old man marty marty and rust okay and maybe they gotta head down to mexico and they meet up with bezerides 
and they all put these like different points together and they figure out about the whole occult structure and it was like it was like the US. it was like there was a specter the entire time that was behind everything you think it was the Tuttle Foundation? No, it was this company that actually owns that fucking chicken plant. And when they get to the end of it... That has ties to the fucking California government. When they get Sorry. to the end of it, it's a lighthouse and a Cthulhu monster and fade to black. Yeah. And that's it. Just rises <laughs> up out of the deep. Um, but no, he did reference that in an interview, and I was like, I hope that's real. Yeah. I hope we live to see that day. Because mm-hmm. the, the second we saw this first episode, and we, I mean, we talked about it, uh, in relation to season two, and it's like if we were playing with multiple timelines, maybe you could have like Velcoro come across Russ Cole at some point before I mean, the events of because to date, season two takes place in what 2015? Our present time, yeah, because it came out in 20, 2015 or 2014. Season one was 14, yeah, yes. So yeah, it's it would be contemporary. Yeah, fifteen was the first year I went to Florida. So and I saw season it two. It would then, be so contemporary. Yeah. With what's you know we were talking first episode. You think there's any significance to the fact that it's 2015 and not just you know 2018? Yeah. Maybe that it's because that that essentially, dude. We talked about it. What if he? What if all of this was like? I'm gonna I'm gonna lull you guys back in. I'm gonna be like, hey, remember season one? Remember how much you liked it? Come on, I got those vibes. I got those vibes. Come on, guys. Yeah. Okay. You're digging Marshall Ali? Okay. Just just a little bit of sprawl. Episode three. Just a tad bit. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. The back half of the season is a march towards connecting this directly to season two. <laughs> In some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, it's, dude, Arkansas. What if he managed to simultaneously silence all of the critics by... Hey, I'm not just doing a retread of season one. I'm incorporating elements of both seasons, and like you don't even notice the elements of season two until they're like staring you in the face all of a sudden, and you're like, "Oh shit, this, this, and this." You know, who knows? What if what he's searching for in the <laughs> woods is Ray Velcoro? What if Ray Velcoro had a vest on the entire time? <laughs> he was never shot in the face. What if he had a vest on when he? She's in a better place. Boom. And that's it. What if what he's searching for is right? Oh, they just leave him in the up. woods. They just left him in the woods. And that's what he's searching for. I don't know how you make that work. But I do know that the easiest thing to do would be to just say, yeah, season two, that was my thing. I did it. I was at a weird spot. You know, I just, when I wrote that, I was, you know, I, I bought a different kind of hash from my normal dude. And I was just in a weird place. So... You know what? Season three I was I'm going really back. into vaping for like a month. Yeah, I realized it was stupid. Fucking e-cigarettes, That's why I man. Threw all that e-cig stuff. In yeah, there. you know. But the easiest thing to do would be to totally connect this. That like it goes beyond the Tuttle thing to the highest reaches of government, and government's always backed by what private industry and contracts. We see that in yeah. season two. They got signatures hey, all over them. Those contracts always got signatures all over. Exactly. Them. And with that. I feel like we should go ahead and wrap things yeah, up. Because we could for, spitball forever. Yes. Sorry once again for the brief cast. Uh, but I love that we worked some season two love in there, man. Yeah. Um, I've got some interesting notes on the theme song. Because I've been doing, a little, or been doing a little exploration. But I think I'm going to save those for maybe next episode. Yeah. Maybe we can kick off with that. Um, Do you think we get had, a 90-minute finale? What's that? Do you think we get a 90-minute finale? I certainly hope so. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> 
two hour. Just yeah. Maybe maybe just make it ten episodes. I don't know. I I'm, I'm just excited to have something each week, man. Like I, I don't I don't normally have this. Everything to me is always available in a binge. I'm working my way through Punisher season two right now. Yeah, which is no, really I mean, we're literally right now we're sitting. This is Tuesday night, and I just I I can't wait. My anticipation for episode four is like yeah. sky high, to the point where I'm like, there's no way it can live up to my expectations. Like if you're, it off, can only subvert them in interesting ways. If somehow you were off Monday for my birthday, I will come down here during the day, and we will just do a whole hour and a half on that thing if you want. I, if I it's hope, a, I hope it indeed deserves an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm saying if it's anything like I'm hoping it's going to be, it'll we be might deserve need some time. Definitely don't want to do it, you know, an hour before it's supposed to go up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for this week on Tuesdays with Noah and Gal, we've been talking about True Detective Season 3, Episode 3, entitled The Big Never. Uh, I've been Noah. And I've been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And we will see you next week, gumshoes. See you next week, gumshoes. Only on Tuesdays on the TV arc. When I got there, he was laying on the cooling bar.